Greetings in the name of Jesus Christ. Welcome to our podcast. This is Pastor Madiba. If you happen to be in our area, you are most welcome to visit us. You'll surely feel at home. We appreciate your prayers for our ministry. We hope today's sermon will be edifying to you, your family, and your friends. Welcome. Greetings in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is still a pleasure uh, to come into your household for just a word of fellowship. But before we get to reading the word, I hope that the Lord is protecting, preserving, and providing for you in this season. Now, I just have a thanksgiving of Sister Siniki Ilue. She wasn't feeling well. The temperature shot up. Uh, she had a tight chest, very painful, lost a sense of smell. Uh, it was very bad, but uh, by God's grace, we had a prayer. And the next morning, she was completely, completely delivered. She just said, I couldn't believe that I'm the same person that I was last night. It shows that God is in the business of healing uh, the believers. Now, whenever you get presented with symptoms, uh, severe symptoms of flu, my advice is that call the clinic, uh, let me know uh, for prayer. But uh, Brother Brim says your first duty is to consult with the doctor as well. Make sure that you do get medical observation as well because a lot of times people react late and it becomes problematic. Just alert us, deacons, myself, and then we'll take it up in prayer and then would advise in terms of what needs to happen. So reaction time should not be late. But we thank God that God completely healed our sister. Uh, she did not delay. She alerted me. We had a prayer and God has completely delivered her. We appreciate that. Now, there is a thought that I just want to share with you. It is on the message, A Mystery of the Holy Ghost. But before we do that, let's close our eyes for the word of prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, we appreciate you for this couple of minutes that you have granted unto us just to have a word of fellowship 
We pray, dear God, for the believers. We pray, dear God, for the reading of the word. We appreciate you for the protection and the mercy, especially this day. We can't even go the next day without your grace. The world is engulfed by death. There is just a deathly environment that we are in, but we thank God that there is Goshen. We pray for believers. May you protect them, dear God. May you provide for their needs. Whatever they need, dear God, give them their heart's desire as we commit everything to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, for the scripture reading, let us just turn to the book of John 14, verse 26. It reads in this manner, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Now, Jesus here says, and I think last we spoke about the mystery of the Godhead and those that normally we have taught over a period of time that you can have Jesus and the Comforter at the same time because the Comforter and Jesus is exactly the same person. And we have always spoken about how it works out like a drama where you've got two roles that you need to act out on stage, but you can't transition from one role to the next without going backstage and changing the the costume so that you come in a different costume to act out the next role. So similarly, here Jesus had to leave and come back in a form of the Holy Spirit so that he can indwell the believers. Now, Jesus... And the comforter is the same person. Now, we have spoken about the role of the father. is God who created the office of the father, the office of the son, the office of the Holy Ghost. Then he's, got the, he's playing multiple roles uh, in those offices that he has created. So believers are not confused by the multiplicity of God's roles. They don't confuse the multiplicity of God's roles to be the multiplicity of God. No, God is one, but manifests himself in different offices. That's why he says the Father will send the comforter. Now, when the comforter comes, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. Now, it is very critical to get the baptism of the Holy Ghost because the Holy Ghost will teach us all things. Believers, all. The Holy Ghost must have centrality in every area of your life. The Holy Ghost must have centrality in every area of your life. Now, let's look look at it in this manner. When the Holy Ghost has come, He will teach us all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. This is very wonderful, and we appreciate the Lord for this one. Now, just another quotation that I want to bring here, because Brother Mom says one of the mysteries that God is going to reveal in the end time, it is going to be in the message, he says, is this the sign of the end time, say, Paragraph 260, he says it, the mystery of the baptism of the Holy Ghost without sensation, but the person of Christ performing in you the same works that he did. Now, here, a lot of people get confused. 
uh, some think when we believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost without sensation, they think that we don't allow people to dance in the Spirit. We don't allow the Holy Ghost to make people speak in tongues. We don't allow a recharged environment in the church. But uh, here is something that we need to speak about. Now, you can speak in tongues and still be without the Holy Ghost. You can be dance in the Spirit and still be without the Holy Ghost. Those are not the evidence that you've got the Holy Ghost. So when we speak about, and some take this quotation and they misconstrue it that when the Holy Ghost has come in a church, then there is just an order, the movement and everything. But Brother Bram says we need not to make the Holy Ghost to fit into our program. We must fit in the program of the Holy Ghost. Now, we'll get to speak about this. So I want to speak about a mystery of the Holy Ghost and looking at the Holy Ghost without sensation. Now, the prophet in this message, or before we go and speak about that, in this message, expectation, paragraph 24, Brother Bradham speaks about a boy that had a craving for sulfur. He says, I read in the paper here not long ago where a little baby eat the pedals of a bicycle, eat the rubbers of a pencil. The doctor said what it was. His little body needed sulfur. And he was eating that rubber because there was sulfur in the rubber. Now, before he could, there could have been any crave for that sulfur. There had to be something in here craving it, creating that desire. And if there is something here creating that desire, there's bound to be something out there to respond to that creation. In other ways like this, as I would say, before you can have a desire, there has to be a creator to create that desire. Is that right? Before there is a creation, there has to be a creator. Now, the prophet says, he said before the, when you have a desire for something, the mere fact that you desire something, it means that God, God, there is a creator that created the desire for the thing that you are desiring. And there's got to be that thing somewhere to satisfy that desire. Now, if there is a desire, for the Holy Ghost. There must be the Holy Ghost somewhere to satisfy that desire. If there is a desire for happiness, there must be happiness somewhere to satisfy that desire. If there is a desire for stability, there must be stability somewhere to satisfy that desire. Whatever you desire, there is the thing that you desire is available somewhere to be able to satisfy that desire. Now, the Holy Ghost is very important, especially the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now, here is something that I need to clear. Brother Branham spoke about the baptism of the Holy Ghost before the seals. He spoke about the baptism of the Holy Ghost during the seals. He spoke about the baptism of the Holy Ghost even after the seals. So, therefore, at no point in time must anyone say the baptism of the Holy Ghost is not important because anyone that would say that is going against what William Brenham has taught us. Now, in this message, they asked Brother Brenham a question. 
289 in question and answers. And the question was, at the instant of receiving the Holy Ghost or the baptism of the Holy Ghost, is there a difference? Does a person speak with tongues? If not, what manifestation is not? This person wanted to know, if you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, is there, is there something that you can use to pinpoint that, yes, I've received the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Can you maybe speaking in tongues? Now, the prophet answers this person and he says, well, could he imagine a mother giving birth to a baby and not knowing it? She would have to be unconscious not to know it. Neither can you receive the baptism of the baptism, receive the Holy Ghost without knowing it. There is something takes place in you. You see, there is something that changes you, your whole system. Your whole spiritual system is made new again, and you become a new creature in Christ, as the Bible puts it, a new creation in Christ. You know it. Now, let's put it. Now, I like how the prophet is bringing a mother giving birth to a baby in trying to tell a person that you cannot have the baptism of the Holy Ghost without being conscious of it. You have to know the time when you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now, the problem is there are people that have got the Holy Ghost, that know that they've got the Holy Ghost, and they do have the Holy Ghost. And we've got people that think they have the Holy Ghost, but they do not have the Holy Ghost. And we have people that know that they do not have the Holy Ghost. Now, the greatest, the danger are those who think they have and they do not have. Because if you do not have, you are bound to seek because you know that you don't have. And when you have, there is no seeking because you know you have. So the problem is the second group that think they have the Holy Ghost and they do not have it. Now, let me put it this way. You can have the Holy Ghost. You, you can be in a message, church, for a number of years and not have the Holy Ghost. Now, the greatest danger is after you have been long in the message and you know that you don't have the Holy Ghost, a lot of people are embarrassed to say, I do not have the Holy Ghost. And let me say this to you. The business, you having, getting the baptism of the Holy Ghost, it is a business between you and God, not between you and the church or you and the pastor. So you had much better be honest with God and say, God, I do not have the Holy Ghost. I need the Holy Ghost. And not the sensation. I need the Holy Ghost without sensation so that I have the surety that I have received it. Now, Brother Brenham says in this message, what was the Holy Ghost given for? Paragraph 150. He says, now look, one closing remark now, and remember then it is absolutely, to you people, it's absolutely essential and necessary and compelling and compulsory that you receive the Holy Ghost. For if you don't, you can't come in the resurrection. Now watch, God cannot break his laws. Now the prophet is saying to you, it is essential, necessary, compelling, and compulsory that you receive the Holy Ghost. Now, this has not changed. 
The seals did not change this statement. It is still essential, necessary, compelling, and compulsory to receive the Holy Ghost. Because if you do not, you will not come up in the resurrection because the Holy Ghost is linked to the rapture. The Holy Ghost is linked to the resurrection. They asked Brother Branham, who's going to go into the rapture? He says, only the Holy Ghost filled bright will go into the rapture. So it is absolutely essential. It is necessary. It is compelling and compulsory to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now, it's a matter of agency. Now, I said, Brother Brenham, in this message, he is bringing a link between the baptism of the Holy Ghost to a mother giving birth to a baby. And I want to follow up on that one. He says, you must know that you have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You will know because you will something, something, there's something that takes place in you. There is something that changes you. Your whole system, your whole spiritual system is made anew. Now, I want to bring and I want to follow up on this because he's linking the Holy Ghost to the conception, to the pregnancy, and to the mother giving birth. He says you have to know. Now, but it has to be without the sensation. Now, in this message, there are two women that I would like to zoom in on them and you can make your own decision and you become the jury in terms of what you make of these two women. In the message Genesis 3, the Bible says, verse 1, Now the, sept- the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yeah, hath God said he shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said he shall not eat of it, neither shall he touch it, lest he die. And the serpent said unto the, to the woman, he shall, show, he shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and he shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wife, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave unto her husband with her, and he did eat. Now let's put it this way. I have highlighted some ways today, eat, touch, see. So already the conversation that was taking place here, you can check that it activated the five senses. It was, it involved the sensation. Now we know after the serpent has spoken to Eve and her senses, senses were engaged, then we know that that resulted into a conception of a wrong seed. Let me recap here. The serpent approached Eve and appealed to her five senses, her sensations, because weight sensation means the engagement of senses, which is touch, see, feel, smell, and taste. Those are the five senses. Now, when this serpent presented 
this gospel to Eve, it appealed to the five senses. And the engagement of the senses led to the conception of the wrong seed. I hope yeah, you're going to be with me. Now, let's contrast that with this. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a vision espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hey, thou art, thou, thou, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his say, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. The angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then May said to Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? Contrast that with what we read in Genesis. The engagement, the serpent presented the gospel. And when the, the senses were engaged, it read it to the wrong conception. Now here we see that the angel Gabriel is telling Mary about things that are going to happen. And Mary, she listened. And the Bible here, the Bible says, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation is this. So with Mary, it was not the activation of the five senses. Let's carry on. Now he says, how shall this be, seeing I know not a man? How shall this be without sensation? Because for a child to be there, there has to be a male species and there has got to be sensation between the male species and the female species and those activation, engagement of those sense, senses will lead to a conception. But here the angel says, this will bypass the sensation. And Mary says, how shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee without sensation, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing shall be born of thee, shall be called the Son of God. This is beautiful. <laughs> Let's carry on here. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with a who was called barren. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. 
And Mary, listen to Mary, and Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy weight. And the angel departed, and Mary conceived without sensation. What happened here? Mary had the weight, believed the weight, and and the Holy Ghost came and overshadowed her, and in her the life of God was conceived without sensation. Let's recap. Mary had the weight, received the weight, yielded herself to the weight, and after she did that, the Holy Ghost came to her, overshadowed her, and she conceived the life of God in her without sensation. Now, she only said, let it be according to your weight. Now, you see two women in the Bible, one in Genesis, she hears the gospel, but the gospel that she had appealed to her senses. And after it appealed to, to her senses, then she conceived, but she conceived the wrong seed. Now here is a woman, she hears the gospel, yields herself to this gospel, and the Holy Ghost comes to overshadow her. Then she conceives the life of God start growing within her without sensation. And now your prophet comes in the end time. He says, the weight is now in the bride as it was in the virgin Mary. She has, thou says the Lord, and she knows what to do with thou says the Lord. So there is similarities between the bride of Jesus Christ in the end time and Mary. The bride of Jesus Christ in the end time received the weight from an angel of the age she believed the angel of the age, yielded herself to the message of the angel of the age. And after she did that, then the Holy Ghost came onto her and she conceived the life of God and the life of God began to grow in her without sensation. Now you understand why Brother Brenham, when he was being asked, is there evidence? Then he brings the mother giving birth to a child, because there are similarities. This is beautiful. Now, Mary, in the message super sign, paragraph 48, the prophet says, now this supersede, some of them said, well, now, wait a minute, the gem, of course, comes from the male sex. That was God created. And the egg in the woman was his body. It was. You think that that would be of the woman. If it was, look what you, what you put Jehovah doing. The egg cannot be there without sensation. There had to be something happened. But look where you put Jehovah. Mixed up in sex. God created the entire being of Christ in the womb of Mary. She was just a woman, an incubator that bare the son. Wasn't nothing of her. Now she was just a woman that God used. So the egg and as well as the seed that fertilized the egg, 
The seed, it was God-created seed. The egg was God-created egg because in order for the way egg to come, that means there has to be a sensation. But Brother Ramon said the vision birth was without sensation. Now let's come here. Mary's pregnancy did not need ovula ovulation because the women ovulate, come fertile during a certain time of the month. God did not need her ovulation. She did, God did not need her to release her egg because it was not Mary's egg. It was God's created egg. That means God, the virgin birth, did not need a fallopian tube. The virgin birth did not need a male seat. The virgin birth did not need ovulation. It was immaculate. And why? If you don't believe this, then you are not going to be saved because this is the basis of salvation. God created his own body. Mary was just an incubator. There was not even a drop of Mary's blood in the Lord Jesus Christ. So therefore, sensation was not part of this at all. The prophet says, in the message, one is paragraph 84. It says, that's the same way it is with Jesus. Mary was just the incubator. God used her like he does any other woman. She was a virgin. She had had no children. She come into a virgin womb. But God, the creator, made both egg and gem and created it. Therefore, it was immaculate conception. Now, let's put it this way. God created his, the egg and the seed. Now, you've got people that have got hyperactive imagination that lean towards science but yet want to believe in God. Then some of them want to come and say, it was not a vision birth per se. It was what they call pathe, pathe, pathogenesis, pathogenesis. Let me pause here. And they say pathogenesis is when it's a reproduction from an ovum without fertilization. Especially you find this process in some invertebrates. The invertebrates refers to creatures that are without a backbone and lower plants. I hope you men are not invertebrates and men must have a, a backbone. Now, pathogenesis. Now, the problem is that science says pathogenesis in humans never produces viable embryos. Therefore, though, because unfertilized eggs lack specific instructions about gene expression from the male, from the sperm. Now, Therefore, the virgin birth was not pathogenesis. The virgin birth was a product of the spoken word. It was immaculate. God created the seed. God created the egg. This was without sensation. That is why we are not saved by the blood of a Jew. We are not saved by the blood of a Samaritan. We are not saved by the blood of a Gentile. We are saved by the blood of God because God created that cell that fertilized the egg that he created. Mary was just the incubator. There was not even a drop of Mary's blood in the Lord Jesus Christ. And this conception happened 
without sensation. Now, virgin birth is the basis of salvation. Without faith in it, there is no salvation. I don't care how educated you are. I don't care how progressive you are. I don't care. The first thing for you to enter the kingdom of God, you have to believe in the virgin birth. Without the virgin birth, there is no salvation. Because the moment you don't believe in the virgin birth, you will not believe in the purity of the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, Eve had sensations. Mary did not have sensation. They both conceived one with the wrong seat, the other with the righteous seat. Now, the choice is yours, believers. If you dwell on sensations, you will end up conceiving a wrong seat. But if you dwell on the substance, which is the weight, that brings the conception you are bound to be pregnated with the righteous seed. And that conception, it will be the life of God in a believer. Because the Holy Ghost, it is the life of God in a believer. The Holy Ghost is not jumping up and down, is not speaking in tongues, is not dancing in the spirit, is not the Holy Ghost, it is the life of God expressed through the life of a believer. That is what the Holy Ghost. And if you want to use Another expression, that is a, 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 a divine conception of the life of God within a believer. And the believer from that time expresses the life of God. Now let's put it this way. Brother Branham says in the message, would you use, say, this is paragraph 218. He says, is there any here that, had, that hasn't received the baptism of the Holy Spirit yet? Now, you see, Brother Brenham, I tell you, I shouted one time. That's very good, brother. I spoke in tongues once. Once That's very good, too. But still, that and what I'm talking about. How can you shout and speak in tongues and deny the weight? So you can speak in tongues and shout and deny the weight. The evidence of the Holy Ghost is believing his weight always being every age if you can receive the way. Now, I've heard people say so-and-so is being used by God. The Holy Ghost in an age, the Bible says, he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. Now, if the Holy Ghost, if a person submits to the operation of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, when it operates in an age and you submit to that Holy Spirit, it will always lead you to the revealed weight of the age. You cannot have the Holy Ghost and deny the revealed weight of the age. You believing, you believing and, and, and living the weight of your age that is the ultimate evidence of the Holy Ghost. That is why the prophet says in this message, Church Age book, he says, now we have been constantly saying that the true evidence of being baptized with the Holy Ghost is for the believer to receive the weight for the age in which he lives. <laughs> Brother, this is, this is the ultimate. That is why 
we present the message and make a message available to the people, their reaction to it will determine what city they are. But when the Holy Ghost, when you say you've got the Holy Ghost, we wash your relatability to the weight of your age. Do you believe it? Yes. By the way, you can claim to believe and not live it. After you say, I believe it, we check whether you live it. And when you leave it, then we can see that this person has got to the Holy Ghost. He may not jump up and down. He may not scream. But yet the life of God is growing within that individual. Now, if that is the case, pregnancy has cravings. If you are a woman is pregnant, such a woman will have cravings spiritually of pregnancy. That is why brothers would know if a sister is pregnant, sometimes we would crave for a chocolate, or sometimes we'll crave, they've got all sorts of cravings. That's why when a woman is pregnant, you had much better make sure that you are not broke because the cravings, they don't care about what is in your pocket. When she's craving something, if it is hot wings, you've got to wake up in the middle of the night and go and get them. So if the natural pregnancy brings cravings, even spiritual pregnancy must bring cravings. If you want to, if, if, if I want to know what seed you are pregnated with, I must check what your cravings are. If your cravings are wealthy, there is no way that you are baptized or you are conceived with the righteous seed. If the rich, if you are conceived with the righteous seed, the righteous seed would want to feed on the weight. So I check what you eat consistently, and what you eat consistently determines what you are what you are conceived of. You cannot be pregnant with the Russia seat and feed on rock and roll, quiet, and so forth. That is why when a woman is pregnant, when a woman is pregnant, she becomes very cautious about what she feeds on because pregnancy is very sensitive. And here I'm using pregnancy and I'm using pregnancy and the whole the Holy Ghost interchangeably. The pregnancy is very sensitive. A woman that is pregnant cannot drink. If she drinks, she harms the baby. If she smokes, she harms the baby. If she eats recklessly, she harms the baby. That is why if she was smoking, she had better quit smoking. If she was drinking, she had better quit drinking. If she was eating junk, she had better stop eating junk. Then she begins to check her diet. And it is not out of her own will. It's because the life that is in her determines what she must feed on. Now, if you see a woman with a cigarette and a beer, it is just an indication that she's not pregnant because a pregnant woman would not behave like that. Now, I have never seen a, a heavily pregnant woman moving from party to a party. No, sir. Even the pregnancy determines her movement. There are places that she cannot go to 
because she is pregnant, because she does not want to harm the child. And a lot of times, a pregnant woman, I'm speaking about in an environment where we know who's responsible for pregnancy. If a man is responsible for the pregnancy, she will always, he will always be around that woman. That means there are times when she used to drive herself, but she's no longer driving herself because now she's pregnant. It's always the husband that is driving her. What is happening? Pregnant, the one that is responsible for pregnancy is always closer to the pregnancy. I know I'm speaking naturally, but you can apply it spiritually. When you are pregnated with the Holy Seed, he that is responsible for that Holy Seed is always there by you to protect the pregnancy. And when you are pregnant with the Holy Seed, the Holy Seed will only crave for holy things. That is why. We listen to the tapes, we read the spoken word, we read the Bible, we meditate on the word. All these things, we are not doing them because we think we are better. It is not out of our own doing. It's because there has been a spiritual, a supernatural conception that took place without sensation. It forces us to be like that. Now, if it was sensation, that means I can jump up and down in church. What happens now when there is no church? What happens now during the lockdown where we cannot have mass gathering as we used to be? So that means if ah, my measure of receiving the Holy Ghost was based in speaking in tongues, in jumping up and down, what is happening now? But the beauty about it, because it was without sensation, no matter where I am, that holy seed, that life is growing within me wherever I go. And I'm conscious of my diet. It is not the church telling me, it is because I'm responsible for my own pregnancy. I check what I eat. I check where I go. I, ch- I cannot hang around smokers because the secondary smoking will harm my pregnancy. I cannot go around with drunkards. I cannot move from party to a party. I've got to be selective who I hang out with. I've got to be, to be selective where I go. I've got to be selective on what I'm feeding on. If it happens naturally, then it happens spiritually. But the baptism of the Holy Ghost It is without sensation in our time. I don't mean you cannot dance in the spirit. Dance in the spirit, but know that it is not the evidence that you've got the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Yes, you can you can speak in tongues. That is not the evidence that you've got the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The evidence is when you have had the weight of your age, as Mary had the weight of her age, and she said, According to your own word, let it be so. From that time, the Holy Ghost overshadowed her. She conceived a holy seed. The life of God began to grow in her. It was not a product of a man as much as the Holy Ghost overshadowed the bride in the end time. And she conceived the holy seed. It is not Joseph. It's not a man. It was not Joseph when Mary was around. And even today, it is not the responsibility of any man. It is the product of the spoken word of God. Let it be according to your own way. And in closing, that is how every believer should be. That's exactly how we should be. If you want to know, Brother Brenham says, if I've got the spirit of Shakespeare, you would find me writing plays. 
And if I've got a spirit of an artist, you'll find me drawing. If you have got a spirit of a certain singer, I will start singing like them. Now, if you've got the spirit of Christ, then you will be Christ-like. Then there will be, excuse me, there will be attributes of the spirit. Long-suffering, patience, love, all those attributes of the spirit will be expressed through a believer. Then we will know in this believer, there is a spiritual pregnancy. There is the life of God that is growing in this believer. And it comes without sensation. It is the product of the spoken word. Brother Bram says, show me where, come, show me where you live. Let me check what you read. Let me check the music that you listen to. Let me check the pictures that you've got on your wall. It will tell me what spirit it is in you. Brother Bram says, I can spend time, five minutes with any person. I can tell you whether they are a Christian or not Christian. Because what's happening when you are pregnant with the seed of God, it always brings those spiritual cravings where you want to talk only about God. You want to talk about His grace. You want to talk about the message that He has sent in the end time. And because you are feeding on that one. If you are not reading the message, you are not listening to the tape, if you don't have time set aside where you meditate on the way, it's about time you ask yourself a very hard question. Do I have the baptism of the Holy Ghost? And if you do not have, as we have read the quotation, it is absolutely, it is absolutely essential and necessary and compelling and compulsory that you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Because without it, then there is no rapture call. Without it, you will never be called from your grave. But when you've got the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you know that when that role is made, your name shall be in that roll call. You know that when the graves, when the voice of resurrection is going to be uttered out, you will respond to that resurrection call. So it is absolutely essential, necessary, that you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now, in closing, I hope that it has been a blessing. Continue to pray for one another. Continue to adhere to the lockdown and make sure that at all times you have those family prayers because the family that prays together stays together. And when the Holy Ghost has come into your house, it will lead your house. The churches are not run by men they are run by the Holy Ghost. Whatever we do, the Holy Ghost must have the preeminency in every sphere of our life. And in closing, this is my parting shot. Make sure you've got the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And if you do have, make sure you do not grieve the Holy Ghost. Now, let's just pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we appreciate you for the time that you have granted us for the opportunity to fellowship around the way. We appreciate everything that you are doing for us. We pray, dear God, for the believers. We pray for their provision. We thank you that until this far, no negative report. It means that, dear God, you are preserving the believers. And we declare, dear God, that whatever Satan has planned against every believer, we are brought to the plans of the enemy in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh God, we declare life 
upon every believer. We declare blessings upon every believer. We declare, dear God, happiness, stability, protection, provision upon every believer. All these things we ask them, believing in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. May God richly bless you. Until we have a fellowship next time, have a blessed week of what remains of it until we speak over the weekend. God bless you richly.